Welcome to the Free Points Podcast. Uh, this week, I am Ben Byford with you guys. Howdy, Finch. Benjamin Shaky Waddleton. Um, so, we're here um, a couple of weeks after the first podcast, and uh, we've been playing some games. Um, I have been playing mostly mobile games because I've been stuck in hospitals in and out of hanging out with my new baby um so woo, in between um doing that and and having that excitement i've been playing uh, mainly things on my um ios device um and uh one of those games is actually by a, a guy i met in london um who made a game called uh, snowmen are hard to make or something like that a little puzzle game. i've seen that game have you seen yeah. that yeah um which is a, a really like Really nice, simple idea, and just executed really nicely. Little snowman, nice animations and stuff, where you basically create a, a snowman out of um, um, snow in these tiny little gardens. Um, top down works really well. And they've just released a new game called Cosmic Express for Android and iPhone, and it's really simple idea again. Little kind of what they called um, little terrariums, I guess where you have to get a train from one side to the other while delivering all the passengers, and they just happen to be aliens, um, to their destinations along the way. Um, it just happens to be aliens. It just happens to be aliens. <laughs> but it's it's really tricky. <laughs> it's one of those games that I feel like, I, you know, it's a puzzle element that keep you come back to, like, over and over again. So I'm sure I would have played this game, some you know, a version of this game when I was younger because it's about building paths and creating the right path to get through. Um, but it's done really well, and it's actually very, very difficult. So I've been playing that and getting frustrated. Um, so how, how exactly did it work? You said about making paths. Yeah, so you're basically drawing out where the track should be uh, between the, the entrance okay. and the exit of the, the particular level. And in between the entrance and the exit, there are passengers that are that have a destination so you have to draw your path but you can only have one passenger or two passengers at a time and and some aliens don't like the other aliens so they won't get on board and things like this so it complicates it so there's only aliens damn aliens (laughs) always getting up in my face um yeah i also like to note that i'm drinking a beer is that um, is that relevant to this game review? I don't. No, I just think people should be aware that I'm inebriated okay. and talking about uh, their game. So there, um, so everybody's suddenly just gone. Ah, okay, uh, okay. So that's. Yeah. So I actually actually... think that the guy who makes that game was on Train Jam. I didn't speak to him, but I feel oh, okay. like he was part of the. He was on the Slack chat, perhaps. Um, yeah. That we that we had for that. But, uh, that doesn't really add anything to the review either. But I just wanted to brag about how how much of a. Uh, schmoozer I am. <laughs> From the look of it, it kind of reminds me a bit of like a tower defense game, but in reverse. So you've got, there's already things on the map and you're yeah. building the little road rather than there being a road and you hmm. putting and things along it. Yeah, it's kind of a reverse situation. I wish that they tried to kill you as you went around. Maybe that would be the next thing. Or whenever, like, if they could die, you had to avoid obstacles. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Well, maybe we should make that. <laughs> <laughs> who knows <laughs> we're just that's fine we're just still that idea um and what's it called it's called cosmic express and it is out now okay. and i think it's called i think it's like a couple of dollars something like that um i think it's maybe two pounds um but yeah it's worth checking out 
if you yeah, nice. like kind of chilled out puzzle games. Nice. Uh, what have you guys been playing? Okay, so I continued playing from the last podcast, uh, Night in the Woods. I have not completed it. Uh, I expected that I would have done by now, but I haven't spent a huge amount of time with it. And then I had it crash a couple of days ago, and I lost a little bit of progress. Hmm. Um, oh, no. Which is uh, not a criticism. These things happen. Um, which I'm still enjoying. I still really like it. I don't. I haven't changed my mind a massive amount since last time. I do have. I, I'm not. I, I wouldn't like give it a hundred percent. I don't think it's. I don't think it's the best game ever. And I do mm. have a few things to say about it. But I think Shakes, you've been playing it as well, and I have. I would love to hear what you think of it so far. Yeah. So I guess I'm now at the point that you were last time we talked about it. Um, so I've done the few things that you mentioned, um, playing the little Guitar Hero uh, mini game and stuff like that. So things I like about it. I mean, I'm really into the look of it, and I really like the attention that's gone into that, animations, all that sort of lovely stuff. Um, they've also seemed to have put a bunch of stuff in there for people who like to sort of wander around and, and go the opposite way to you should be going. So, you know, if you start climbing up into the trees or jumping on the pylons and stuff, there's funny little things that happen, um, which is always nice for someone like me who basically just doesn't really want to go along the, the line that you're supposed to go along. Um, yeah, so I, I really like that. I think it's quite slow, and I've, I feel like I had to adjust to that sort of slow pace of it and just sort of slow everything down in my expe expectations and, and just sort of get into the, the zone of it. Um, mm. It's really well written. I, I, I think it's really funny. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it a lot. Cool. Um, yeah, I think so. Actually, it kind of sounds like maybe you've started to find some of the things that I did as well, which is the slowness is an interesting point. I I had obviously encountered that last time we spoke about it, but I hadn't really re it hadn't really registered with me that that was going on. But as I played more, the speed of it did start to become like, oh, I'm sort of pushing against this. The the, the speed at which it progresses, it, it is quite slow, and 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 and. I guess it's interesting to point out for people who haven't played it that when you talk about slowness, uh, or at least when I talk about the slowness of it, it, I really mean the physical slowness of actually moving around the screen, right? Um, and I think that's probably one of the things I could criticize about it a little bit, which is just that a lot of the kind of sort of satisfying little games that you can play and the mechanics feel nice, um, all that kind of stuff. But the actual core mechanic which is, in essence, a platform mecha uh, platformer mechanic, right? It's not a platformer, but the way that you move around is the, is, is a platformer style. Um, you move around, and as Shake said, you can jump on things and climb up in the pylons and that sort of stuff. And it's not a, it's not a platformer, and that part of the mechanic is not inherently satisfying. Um, it's the thing you spend an awful lot of time doing, and yeah. that in itself isn't great. When you go and speak to people, the writing's hilarious and the feel of the game is lovely and the look of the game is lovely and a lot of the other things that you end up doing are great. But the actual core thing that you tend to spend a great deal of time doing is fine, but I don't think it's amazing. And I don't think that spoils the game per se. It's just kind of a, oh, I sort of wish this part of it was either faster or more important. I guess that's what happens when, as you said, you're, you're basically making an adventure game but you are using platformer mechanics to move around. 
And adventure games, you do like 90% walking. You know, you're doing a lot of going back and forth um, between characters and, and seeing what's changed and stuff like that. And I mean, I'll, I'll, I'm going to speak about it in, in a little bit, but um, something that Thimbleweed Park does nicely is, and maybe this is just with the, those guys' experience of making adventure games, they add in the nice little things like if you double click on something, um, you'll speed up and you'll start walking twice the speed. So you, you're not right. waiting to watch them walk across the screen. Yeah, that sounds nice. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I think the only other thing I would say about the platformer style thing is that for some parts of it, it is a platformer. There are little bits of it which are, oh, you have to jump. You know, it's about the actual mechanic of doing this thing. And in those parts, it's just like, well, the mechanics of the platformer are not that well honed because you're not making a platformer. But now it matters for this thing of it. And, oh, it's kind of frustrating. And now I have to spend a few minutes just you know, getting my jumps right and all that sort of stuff. Um, so it's not a massive criticism of the overall game, but just that little part of it really kind of mm. just started to be like, mm, do I... I find myself playing it in little chunks because I can't really spend hours doing that part of it. But then, you know, I, I, as I said to begin with, I don't think this takes away hugely from the overall game. The story is great. The the atmosphere is great. So I'm kind of happy for this for it to work that way. And I will say that one of the things I think that I have been enjoying more since the last time we talked about it purely because i've experienced more of it is is the way it keeps surprising you with or well it kept surprising me i'll be interested to hear uh, as you play more of it shakes whether this is the case for you but it keeps surprising you with you're in an area you're doing some interaction with a character and it sort of feels like you're very much part of the story you know you're following the story and you're having a conversation with someone and then you realize that the next thing you're going to be doing is a is another one of these i won't even call them mini games because in some cases they're not really a new mechanic as such but it's a new thing that you can do with the mechanic just for that area um and you don't often get that in games right where like if they're going to introduce a mechanic it's something they're going to reuse and it'll be something you need later whereas and, and that does happen too but quite often it'll be like oh there's a thing we've been talking about and then all of a sudden, oh, you get to go and do something with the thing that you've been talking about that you didn't realize. I'm, I'm keeping it very woolly because definitely that <laughs> yeah. would be a spoiler. Um, and they're quite throwaway, those little things as well. They're quite, kind exactly. of like a, a nice little thing and then it's done. Um, exactly, exactly. And it's um, unusual, I suppose, again, for games in general to have situations where you don't feel pressurized to... Oh, I mean, the the, the uh, Guitar Hero is a very good example of this. I mean, I know they make a joke of intentionally about you playing badly and that sort of stuff, but it's just fun. It's just fun doing it, and you don't feel under pressure to do it amazingly, or you don't feel, oh, I want to go back and do that better, because you just do it, and that's what your character did, and then you move on, and it's not right. sort of, oh, well, you messed that up, Yeah, um, which is really nice. Um, so, yeah, overall, still really enjoy it. Uh, what, is, um, it, what is funny, just to go back to the jumping here, not to belabor the point too much, but... Um, it's really funny if in a game, if you give me a jump button, I'm going to spend my whole time jumping around. Mm. Just, I'm not going to walk anywhere. I'm going to go boing, 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 like a rabbit. I'm just going to, I'm just going to be nonstop that's bunny why, hopping. That's why yes. I take that well, button away from you, Shakes. And I think um, it kind of, especially in Night in the Woods, where they're really good at um, the sense of, of place and the feel and the tone is great. And it's like you're playing um, this really nice sort of indie movie or something. 
um, I kind of spoil it for myself because they give you a jump button and I'm just jumping around. <laughs> Very similar to uh, you know Half-Life 2 or something. They're trying to do a, these really nice dramatic uh, scenes where somebody's playing <laughs> and you're just kind of, you're just jumping up in their face and jumping. In the set, yeah, you know, Thimbleweed Park, for example, no jump button and yes. you're kind of like, it's like, you know, all right, I'm watching a movie here, or I'm 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 playing this movie, yes. um, and in and in movies, people don't just jump I think, nonstop I think, in their conversation. Um, I wonder if um, because of that that sort of style with um, Half Life and things like that, where you have total freedom to look around while they're doing these pseudo cutscenes and telling you um, exposition about like where you are in the story and like, where we're going in the storyline, and you're just up in their face. Or just like moving around, jumping about, not really paying attention. It's just a shame that they just don't go, "Hey, like stop that." <laughs> yeah. This is really yeah. important. <laughs> you know, get halfway through, just like, "Hey, no." <laughs> like, we're sit why down. Why are you crouched down on the floor behind me? I'm trying to talk yeah. to you. Seriously, why are you, are you just, listening? Stop? Yeah. What are you doing over I, there? I'm, I'm, actually, I'm actually glad you mentioned that, Shakes, because I do ex- <laughs> I like exactly the same thing. I spend the entire game jumping to every place that i'm going not only because you give me a jump button but also because jumping is moderately faster than walking uh, right so wow yeah so so yeah. that's i do exactly the same thing i'm jumping 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 but actually uh what is also interesting is that in some of the areas they take away the jump from you and it's really weird i had to check wow. that like my key binding hadn't changed or something because there was no if I if there was I missed it. There was no indication like oh this is a non-jump area. And, no how, how would, and how would you even signal that in a sensible way? <laughs> um, but it was just it was just odd, right? Because it's, it's a, that it's a, that exact conundrum of either you take away control from the player, and that yeah. in many ways feels crippling and annoying if they lock your head to the guy that you're speaking to and don't allow you to skip the dialogue or whatever. Mm. But on the flip side maybe that was kind of what was going through their head they were like oh it doesn't make sense for you to be jumping why are you jumping in, in their face in this situation <laughs> but but it was odd i don't know yeah. i don't know so i do think there i do think there is a little bit of friction there um, yeah. and yes i i 100% am a jumper, <laughs> jumper. A jumper. <laughs> well they've made it so damn fun yeah that's yeah. the thing they put in um, the mario 64 triple jump mechanic have they actually <laughs> three jumps in a row um then you know your second jump is slightly bigger than your first jump, and then your really? last jump is a big jump. Yeah, but... so they've gone. Oh, well, you know, okay, let's fine. make jumping a joyous that sounds, activity. That sounds game. unusual for. I mean, I haven't played this this game yet. Uh, looking forward to playing it at some point, but yeah, that sounds un- kind of like a strange option. Yeah. To, to put that well, in. Well, these but... are the moments of, um, of dexterity that Tony was talking about, where they do require you to have a bit of platforming skill, yeah. and it's kind of like well. I mean, I didn't really sign up for that, mm. but you know, <laughs> I could have clicked around. I could have clicked and made you move, to be honest. A task to do. Yeah. Yes. Well, anyway, okay. that's my that's my thoughts on Night of the Woods. Night of the like Woods. It. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, I've also been playing a game called uh, Streets of Rogue, which was something I had not heard of or been paying any attention to until it showed up on uh, Rock, Paper, Shotgun. Uh, and I've been playing way more of that than I have of Night in the Woods, and I don't think it's perfect in any sense, but it's kind of interesting um, and certainly fun. So Streets of Rogue is a uh, roguelike, as you might guess from the from the title. It is uh, you are a chap 
attempting to overthrow a dystopian uh, by working your way through various levels of the city, um, they've gone for the sort of height as class metaphor where you're ascending the city, working through these slightly richer environments. And... I thought you meant the uh, upper class people were taller than the... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I wish. You know, maybe maybe I, haven't, I haven't got the, the, the true upper echelons yet, so maybe we'll see. Um, and... Well, the promise of the game is that you choose a character at the beginning and you work your way through these levels and you can choose a variety of different ways to attempt to do a variety of missions. And those missions tend to be recover an item, um, blow some people up, kill people, rescue someone, various other things, disable sort of sentry guns or, or whatever it happens to be. Uh, I should say it's a top-down 2D uh, fairly, you will have seen other games that look fairly similar to this. It is in, it is in uh, open access. It's early days, so I, I, I'm not going to stand too much by how it looks because I suspect that that will be improved over time. It looks fine. Yeah, uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a, I, I've played a lot of it, and it's a lot of fun. The, as I say, the promise of it is that you can play it in various different styles. You know, you can be a soldier and be super tough. Or you can be uh, a hacker who can hack into the computers and, and do that type of thing. You can be a, a an assassin who sneaks up behind people, or you can be uh, a thief who's very good at un uh, lockpicking doors and stuff. And all of those mechanics are pretty fun. And I think it's weird, right? Because it's early access, so who knows how these things will balance out as time goes on. The thing I would say about it at the moment is that, you know, First game, I was like, right, I'm definitely going to be the hacker. That's who I want to be. That, the hacker or the thief, the or the maybe the assassin, those are the sort of things that I would want to play in that sort of game. Sneaking around, doing some stuff. Um, and it quickly became obvious that regardless of which character you pick, you're always going to end up having to do some form of violence. So, so even as the hacker, who obviously doesn't have any particular buffs for strength or attack or anything, even as the hacker, there are missions which explicitly require you to kill people. Now, sometimes there's a way to achieve that using your hacking skills, but most of the time you're going to have to do some of it either with your fists or you beat someone up with a gun so that you have a gun and carry on that way. So it's not, I wouldn't necessarily, uh, it's not that they explicitly said, oh, you can definitely just hack your way through everything. Um, but to me personally as a player, that was slightly annoying to begin with. But then I have to say that once I got used to the fact that like, okay, you pick this character and you're slightly better at this thing, but you're always going to have to do a bit of violence. Okay, it's very fun. Um, it's pretty good. The the thief is pretty cool. Um, you know, lock picking your way into things. It has destructible environments, which is really nice. Uh, you, get, you can get dynamite and just blow doors open, uh, blow walls away. It has... One of the things, again, this is there are definitely issues with this, but I think that they will probably be worked out over time. But one of the really nice things it does is the whole, uh, basically having different groups of people all with their own goals, and they will interact accordingly in the world, regardless of what you do. And so it's quite possible for you to, for example, blow open someone's house. And if the first person that they see nearby when they become running out is someone in a rival gang or someone from another house, they will start fighting that person 
and there's police that wander around and they will see people doing crimes and chase them down and stuff. So there's all these kind of systems interacting while you're moving through the world, which are really nice. Leads to some very like they lead to the, the the situations that I enjoy a lot from things like Dwarf Fortress or other kind of roguish games where you can set a chain of events going and kind of watch it unfold and use it to your advantage potentially. Um, if you get the cops to chase a gang who are trying to run you down, then that obviously takes the heat off you for a little bit, which is good. Um, so there's all that kind of stuff, which is really nice. There is obviously an aspect of, I mentioned there's a thief, and you can be stealthy with any of the characters. If people don't see you do things, then you can tend to get away with them, which is great. That's, that, that aspect is slightly flaky, which is annoying. And I don't mean flaky in the sense that, oh, they have some bugs to fix. I just wonder about how they're implementing it and if it's intentional. Because sometimes people come after you and it's not clear why they come after you. Now, you may have just blown up their house, but you feel that you were <laughs> sufficiently far away that they didn't see you. Or there was no reason for them to believe it was you. So in that way, the system sort of feels a little bit unfair sometimes. Or the cops come after you. And it's definitely not clear why that happens sometimes. So that's kind of frustrating at times, especially in a roguelike, right? Where it's like, I know if I die, I have to start from the beginning. Mm. So you want that stuff to be very clean and clear so that you understand the risks of what's going to happen to you before going into a situation. Yeah. But I have to say overall, it's super addictive. I, I you know, you die and you just click new game, new game all the time. Um, That's a good there's sign. lots of yeah. yeah absolutely absolutely there's also I have to say all those things I've described so far exist in other games there's some other stuff in there which I haven't seen in other games I'm sure exists but it's kind of interesting to see so for example you can you can recruit a gang and that's a style of playing and I I, I have not done that too much but you can either find fellow denizens of the sewer world that you came up from uh, I don't think it's a sewer world but in my head it is um uh you can recruit you know fellow denizens or even there's as i mentioned there's these kind of groups of people with different goals and there are gangs with different gang signs who are just warring generally in the world and you can recruit members of those gangs which again is an interesting thing to do because if you recruit a member of a particular gang and then you walk past a member of another gang you are automatically involved in a fight with that gang because you're hanging around with their enemies basically okay. yeah, yeah. Uh, which is kind of a nice thing so you can roll in so you can roll into a house and you can tell these gang members oh attack that guy or guard this thing or go outside and make a distraction while i run around the back nice um which is a really nice mechanic the way you do it is slightly clunky but i'm sure that ui will yeah. improve over time that's funny because um, when you're looking at uh, i was just checking out the um the trailer and everything and when you're looking at it it doesn't look like that could be the case <laughs> with how it looks yeah. um but, so I mean, not to, to knock it, it's still, um, you know, in um, alpha. So it's not on general release. But it, it, I mean, you're playing it. It's playable. It works. And it's fun. So, you know, great. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think it, it has such a wealth of things in it. I, I could I could clearly talk about it for longer. I mean, yeah. there, there's other things like you pick up syringes, which you can identify and they have various, they might have cyanide in or they might have a thing that makes you stronger. Right. And you can either use them on yourself or one of the mechanics it has is you can inject them into the air vents of a building and then the effects, you know, that chemical has an effect on everyone in the building. And yeah. so quite often you'll be, you can't afford the thing to identify it, but you have this unknown syringe and you think, 
well, maybe it'll do some harm. What's the worst that could happen? I'll yeah. just inject it into this building. <laughs> I'll then... just inject it into this building, and yeah. then hopefully it'll mess up all the people inside, and I won't have to kill them, and I can just go and grab the treasure or whatever it is. Sure, sure. And then you inject it, and it goes plus ten strength, and they all come bailing out to come and nice. smack the hell out of you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it backfires monumentally. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, so I feel cool. like they've basically they've done a great job of putting a huge amount of interesting systems in there, and it'll just be interesting to see how they hone those over the time and whether yeah. they remove any. Um, I suspect there are things they put in and realize quickly this breaks the game. Um, <laughs> this is yeah, this is uh, too powerful, or, or yeah. causes all the enemies to be too badass, or whatever. Exactly. I, lo- I love that sort of stuff because. I think without a lot of testing, you could quite easily break the game, yeah. but only in very certain circumstances. Like yeah. when you've injected the thing and there's a baddie there and that baddie's already had this had to, done to them and, you know, it's perfect storm and then you just yes. can't win. Yes. Yes. Um, they, I, I noticed that it was a tiny build game. Um, mm-hmm. So tiny build our developer and publisher um, and... I was like trying to work out whatever where I've seen them, and they are doing. They're publishing Hello Neighbor, which is a pretty weird looking game, um, and Speedrunners and loads of other games. But those are some of the games that I've been looking out for recently. Um, Speedrunners oh, is already on Steam and is mad and fun. And Hello Neighbor looks like the creepiest thing. Are you just trying to get into your neighbor's house without your neighbor realizing? <laughs> but the neighbor keep every time you try and do it the neighbor gets better at um like learns like it must have some sort of <laughs> good learning algorithm going on there um and the it's always trying to anticipate you so like if you go through the window you'll find the next time the windows are barred and things like that and and the game develops huh, until you can find out the neighbor's secrets um so who says that video games teach bad behavior <laughs> yeah <laughs> only fine. injecting uh, syringes into the air conditioning <laughs> you're breaking into somebody's yeah. house so I'm, I'm taking in the burglary and just like absorbing it uh so for next time oh actually that reminds yeah. me there's one there's one more aspect of streets of rogue which i wanted to mention just because it's the guy you allow one more one more one tony yeah so this is this is a bad thing right i think okay Basically, the the whole tone of the game is cartoony violence, you know, smacking people in the face, blowing things up, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Uh, and it's very much a GTA feel. Well, not GTA is the wrong thing, but it's the, of that ilk. GTA of, 1 feel. Right. Yes, yeah. it's very GTA yeah, 1 feel. Yeah. Where it's just like, look, this whole thing is a cartoon and it's about big dumb things happening and you getting in crazy situations which is great i'm all for that which is weird Uh, which is fine and then it has this one weird aspect where one of the types of missions that you occasionally get and even when it's not a mission these scenarios exist in in the levels where there's slavery it's really odd there's just there's just this concept of slavery in the game which feels and you can go and speak to them and they're like oh being a slave isn't great that's almost literally what they say. Um, and yeah. it just feels weird because, I don't know, it, 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 they, they don't do anything distasteful with it. They don't present it as like a funny thing or whatever. But it's just in the context of everything else, 
they just have these slaves that you have to free and they're kind of existing in this big cartoonish world and then there's just this like very serious concept just in the middle of it there and i just think it's a weird tonal shift right it's yeah. i'm not saying they're doing anything horrible with it or they're they're bad people for putting it in there i just think they had this idea to put slaves in it and i think it's a bad idea because it just sits really weirdly alongside everything else in the game yeah um and yeah hmm. so i just wanted to say that because it's an odd thing that just i didn't encounter it for the first well i must admit they were probably there but i didn't understand what they were because it's not very clearly signaled that they're slaves until you until you get a mission that says rescue this slave and you yeah, can like... either beat up their incredibly tough guards or you hmm. can buy them out of slavery and set them free um wow and i was just like oh okay that's a slave market okay that's weird just the way it's presented it just is different it's different from the rest of the game and it's odd mm. uh so i wanted to say that in case anyone looks at it but anyway sorry carry on good um okay well on that bombshell um <laughs> shakes um what else have you been playing this week i heard you mention um thimbleweed park right yes indeed thimbleweed park that's the new kid on the block for me that's what i've been playing and why, why have it. you been playing it where's it coming from it's really, really good. Um, well, you know, I'm a sort of diehard adventure game fan. That was some of the first games I ever played were adventure games. Um, played Leisure Suit Larry when I was about eight years old. Probably shouldn't. Um, and now playing it again, it's fine. like a lot of the jokes, a lot more of the jokes are landing for me. Um, I think <laughs> pretty much everything went over my head uh, <laughs> the first time around. But yeah, no, I, I love an adventure game. And so I was very excited um, when I heard that Thimbleweed Park was was being made, was going to be a thing. Um, obviously, it's got a great load of talent in there. Um, Monkey Island was one of my favorites. And I think that was probably sort of, probably still is one of the highlights of the whole, whole genre. So I thought mm. this was going to be good. And I thought it was going to be interesting to see, um, you know, sort of, what 15 years 15 more years on um what kind of lessons if any had been learned from original sort of adventure game style i.e impossible puzzles um uh, really weird solutions to stuff um random deaths and all of that sort of thing um you know w what way were they going to go with that and and what sort of solutions of of they come up with in the last however many years mm. you know to, to sort of counter those things and can you make an adventure game is it still going to be fun because i think a lot of people kind of like the, the difficulty in a weird way yeah. is it still going to be fun if you're sort of hand holding so i think the game itself is really really nice it's sort of a um, twin peaksy sort of style um story about this weird town where everybody who's in the town is a bit strange it reminds me a lot of um, a podcast called Welcome to Night Vale, um, which is a, a very similar sort of thing where they're, they're talking about this imaginary town and every single aspect of it, even down to the post office and whatever, is is it's got something a bit sort of strange about it. Um, so the story is really nice, and you're, you're it's a sort of uh, who done it type of murder mystery thingy. Um, Fantastic music. Um, the artwork is incredible, and I, I really like that. As somebody who just loves a bit of pixel art, like this is some top-level pixel art going on. Um, so yeah, it's, the game itself is is really really nice and really fun, and you 
very quickly sort of gets sucked into the story. Um, they've done a lot of things to try and, uh, you know, smooth off the rough edges a bit. Mm. So um, one of the main complaints I guess people would have had before is you're sort of stood somewhere in, in the old adventure games, you'll, you'll, you'll be stood somewhere and you'll just be going, I don't even know what I'm trying to do. Like I've got my pockets are full of all sorts of stuff, random mass stuff, um, and I, but I don't even know what I'm, what I'm trying to do at the end of this. I just know that it's going to involve some of this crazy collection of stuff that's, that's, that's in my pockets. Um, so what they've done in Thimbleweed Park is kind of quite handily, everybody, every character has uh, a notebook. And so the detectives, it kind of makes a lot of sense. And they very quickly introduce it to you that when a new plot point comes up or a new task, you've got your little detective's notebook. And it says, okay, first thing I need to do is this, and then this, and this, and this. Um, and for the other characters, I think it's just sort of a to-do list, which is a little bit sort of more sort of incongruous, but um, not to worry. And I think it's really nice that, and I've sort of had a, a couple of points where I've gone, uh, all right, don't really know what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, and you sort of look at your notebook and go, oh, yeah, okay, well, that's that's the overall, that's the overarching sort of thing. And then, you know, you can sort of point your brain in, in that direction to try and solve the, the puzzle. And on the flip side of that, I think it's, for me, it is, it's moving the rough edges off a little bit too much because the fun of an adventure game is the sort of um, the discovery. When you tried something with something else and you go, oh, my God, it's worked. Something's happened that I completely didn't expect. And because it was so obscure and weird, it was very sort of surprising and uh, sort of joyous moment when it's like, oh, okay, I had to use the chicken with the toilet seat um obviously and that kind of that's exciting i i can see why that would be annoying for people because it basically you end up trying everything with everything else but if you could find a little bit more of a middle ground because i think having the notebook thing what you've got in front of you is basically the whole arc that the detectives are going to be going on laid out for you bullet point by bullet point and so to have the game the whole sort of game and all of your tasks there um, laid out in, in a list kind of spoils it a little bit for me because it's kind of like, oh, okay, well, once I've done all those things, it's done. Is it uh, is, is that for the chapter or, or like the, the bit you're working on now or is it, well, is it totally not, the, the whole game? No, very overarching. So like yeah. to solve this crime, we need to do <laughs> this and this and this. And each right. one of those things has its own subset of, of tasks inside okay. it. But breaking it down into a list and just saying, well, I need to do this, 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 and then I win. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it feels a bit weird um, just from a like, oh, I, I'd like to kind of discover all that for myself. And I'm certainly not ruling out because I'm maybe like, I, I don't even know, halfway through the game. I'm certainly not ruling out the fact that they could turn it all on its head and go, ha ah. um, But yeah, who knows? Yeah, I like that. It's... it's- there's a game that I was playing, which because um, in a very similar kind of adventure style, where you're very much clicking around and moving this person and, and collecting stuff and putting things together. There's a game I was playing called Disponia, and there's a trilogy of Disponia games, 
by so Dysponia a... or Dysbonia? P. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm Dysponia. sorry. Yeah, I take it all back. Pip, pip, pip. Don't worry about it, man. It's fine. Okay, yeah, look it up. It's on Steam. Um, and they, you can get it bundled, free, free games in one. Um, and how they handle that is, is the same, similar way where they have this kind of like overarching notepad scenario, but they have a notepad of what you're trying to do next. So it has a little drawing of like, oh, I'm trying to get the girl. Um, I'm going to rescue the girl. And there's a little picture of the girl, and it's like you trying to rescue her. And you're like, okay, I need to rescue the girl. So I'm going to go and find the girl, and I'm going to rescue her. And then at the point of the rescue, something goes wrong. And then in your notepad, you look back later, and it's scribbled out, and it's written something else. And I think the game is actually quite... uh, I think the game itself is really well put together. The storyline is not amazing, uh, but the game is well put together. And that aspect of it really works for me because you got you were going forward and you're being told in which direction to go forward, but then they have the license to basically scrub out that direction and go, oh, actually, now we're going forward in this direction now and change things around, um, which I thought was, uh, yeah, it's really interesting. Um, it sounds like, I'm hoping that in this game that maybe they do something, uh, yeah, exciting or like... Um, um, suddenly changeable with that scenario to make it um, different. I have to say, the more we talk about it, given the given the the feel of it that you mentioned it being sort of twin peaksy, the more we talk about it, the more I can't help but suspect. Surely they must do a twist with that, right? It feels yeah. from the way you're describing it, it feels quite well. It's interesting to me that they would lay out so much of the arc for you in in these bullet points. Not. Not, and I'm sure they're not telling you lots about it, but just have the, that kind of bare bones of the structure there. Um, yeah, I think they're terrified that people are going to get stuck. Um, mm-hmm. And I think maybe a little bit too worried about that um, because, I don't know, like they've done a really nice job of, of, of doing the things that you should do with a sort of modern adventure game, which, for example, um, not giving you too many places to go at any one time. So already you're limiting the, the possibilities of just sort of going, oh, well, I've got 15 different screens that I can go mm. to. So the possibility space is, is just huge. So they're really good at um, sort of just kind of limiting you to a certain amount of places that they want you to be at any one time um, without it feeling too much like you're hemmed in. The only thing with, with the notebook thing is just that it just seems – a little bit too much like they're holding your hand and just going okay don't worry you just just let's just go through this bullet point by bullet point and we'll get there just i think maybe let people well, sort of bounce around a little bit yeah, yeah. i mean you, you could still use the notebook right you could still use the notebook and just have oh i've just spoken to this person and now i'm going to try and do this and maybe you have two or three immediate goals that you're trying to do and they're on your to-do list mm. great but then you don't need as much. You don't need even much information. I actually think, if memory serves, I think that one, at least one of the Tex Murphy uh, adventure games had, because he was a, you know, he was this sort of classic gumshoe private detective sort of thing. He had a notebook, and it was like, and and you would have a kind of immediate checklist of like three things that I'm trying to accomplish, or maybe more. I feel, and then that was updated over time. But you didn't need to have the whole. Oh well, once I've done this, then of course I'll have. The, the the smoking gun and I'll be able to be able to solve the crime or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Perhaps there's perhaps there's a bit of a happy medium there. I I, I had 
those worries that you're expressing now, Shakes, about Thimbleweed Park, purely because I trust that the creators who made it, I, I trust them a lot because of their heritage, but but then I do worry about the kind of, well, who are you selling it to? Either you're selling it to admittedly probably a very small market of people who, not very small, but a small market of people who enjoy or remember fondly the old games, or do you try and expand that and get more people involved who who, who maybe haven't come across these types of things before? Um, and I do think they, they clearly must have been bearing that compromise in mind, and I guess I'm interested to see how it turned out, right? Yeah. Um, because there, there were rough edges. There were rough edges. It's important to remember that. So it's Ron Gilbert, right? I don't mm -hmm. think you ever mentioned, but it's Ron Gilbert. Like, it's important to remember that when LucasArts started making point-and-click games, they innovated a, a, a huge amount at the time compared to Sierra on, Online, for example, games, in the sense that LucasArts games didn't have random deaths. They didn't have, oh, you've got nearly to the end of the game. They didn't do the Zork thing where it's like, oh, you forgot to do this thing two hours ago and now your game is in you can't complete the game but you can't go back and fix the thing that you did wrong um yeah so i mean you know they they were responsible for roughing you know for cleaning a lot of those edges off at so the frustrating. time yeah yeah absolutely so i don't know it's interesting However, I think, um, I was thinking about that exact thing today about these deaths um, because they kind of crow about it quite a lot in the game um, and they have these sort of in-jokes and they say, oh, it's not a Sierra game, so don't worry, you're not going to randomly die. Um, oh. But I think in a game where they're, they're deliberately trying to be um, mysterious and, and spooky and sort of scary, I think if you did it correctly and... Um, if you did it in a good way and you know nowadays we can just have autosave like autosave is a thing that exists um, So don't don't make it so that people can can sort of paint themselves into a corner but why not have moments when you go oh my god uh, Shouldn't have done that. I'm not gonna do it again um, yeah. because at the moment um, They're trying to make a they're basically making sort of like a spooky scary environment but you know you can't really do anything wrong and there's no um there's no real peril mm. that's a really good point i hadn't thought about that but yeah i i i, I take your point and, and and perhaps it would have been time to to have the possibility of death again yeah that's interesting interesting Bring i mean they'd be death. making those jokes Bring just back. to talk about <laughs> just to talk about monkey island again briefly but of course they've been making that joke since day one right because monkey island had the joke with the rubber tree where you walk off the cliff and it makes you think you've just killed yourself and then you bounce back up again and it goes like, oh, of course you haven't died. Like, oh, look, a rubber tree. Um, so it's, I guess in a way that's part of their heritage, but it would have been perhaps nice if they played with that and, and allowed you to die. Hilarious. Um, yeah, interesting. Hmm. I think yeah. you have to, um, on the, ne the next uh, show, let us know how that turned out for sure. Um, yeah, because yeah. we've, we've ended up sanding a bit down on it, but neither Ben or I have played it, and I'm actually quite excited to play yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I'm having the best time. <laughs> I just... It's so good. I'm having... Um, I really I'm, I'm really enjoying <laughs> it. Life's good. I, yes. Yeah, I like yeah. it a lot. Um, okay. I just think having... Constantly being able to just look into a notebook and go... Okay, I've ticked off seven of the ten things I need to do before the game's over. Sure. And I mean, maybe it's not. I mean, maybe the game's not going to be over when I do that. Um, who knows? Fingers crossed.
Um, oh. Well, also this this um, last couple of weeks since our last recording, um, I think I mentioned before that I bought some books, and now I'm ready to divulge um, after reading the books how I feel about them. Um, how do you feel about those books, Ben? Well, I tell you, Tony. Thanks for asking. I bought Mike Diver's um, Indie Games, a complete introdu- introduction to indie gaming. Um, so if you're listening to this podcast and going, oh, God, what's indie games? Oh, my God. Oh, I should really get into indie games. Tell me about <laughs> indie games. Then then you probably don't need to read this. Um, and that's kind of how I felt about it, actually. So like one of the first sections is a brief, brief history of indie games, and it's got this full cover spread of um uh fez uh it's got fez and braid and things like that and it's kind of like uh, yeah. oh, damn like i know all this stuff i'm really interested in indie games and i play them all the time so i don't need to be told about minecraft and what else we got the swapper everyone's gone to the rapture papers please thomas is alone so it's basically kind of like a rundown of what you've missed since you've been away if you've been in prison for the last 10 years <laughs> Pick up Indie Gaming, <laughs> Indie Games by Mike Diver, okay? Um, or maybe Mars, if you've been... Basically, if, you, been if you're just coming afresh to Indie Games, then it's, good, it's a good overview of what to expect. Or if, you're, if you've just basically been pay, playing FIFA or um, COD for like 10 years and you decided actually... My my friends, they all play these really re- weird games, and they keep talking about them. I don't really understand. Then then check it out. Um, but for any everyone else, don't bother. Um, I've also been reading indie games. <laughs> the indie game. <laughs> moving swiftly on. Yeah, moving Cutting swiftly review. on. Go, go ahead. Um, I like to do um, swift reviews. So for everyone out, um, who's interested in indie game development, I bought the indie game development handbook. And it's one of those things that I kind of was worried about buying because it's it's a, a factual book about... Um, <laughs> and ben I worried about read. buying a factual book. <laughs> My first uh, book doesn't have enough information. It doesn't have My pictures in it. Too um, many facts. Too many facts. Too much information. Yeah. No, it's basically kind of like a, um, oh, so you want to get into games and have a games company, you should probably think about tax and game engines and hiring people. Um, so it's quite a blow by blow, like here are all the things, here are some links, um, here are things that I know about and that other people um, have anecdotes about. And it's, it's actually super useful. I think um, it's one of those things that might go out of date quite quickly. So pick it up sooner rather than later if you're going to, otherwise wait for maybe the next edition. Uh, I, I presume they'll maybe update it in the next year or so. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just interesting as a reference um, if you're doing it right or not doing it right, but like, oh, oh, actually, maybe I should do some PR. Maybe I should um, see if there's tax relief in my country. Things like that. It just gives you a little bit of reminder about what things are available to games developers and what you should be thinking about and what tools there are available to you. So actually that one... Um, Given that we make games or are trying to make games and publish games, it's um, super useful. Um, so I'm going to hold on to that one. But if anyone wants to buy my indie games, the complete introduction to indie gaming, let me know. It'll be on uh, eBay. Sign me up. Uh, yeah, that great. After that review. Yeah. yeah. I'm, uh, I want some glossy pictures of Mike first. Diver, I'm sorry. It's a very good um, overview. I just don't think it's useful for people who already know, obviously. <laughs> 
um, secret club. Cool. So that's, so that's that. Um, have we been making any anything recently, um, other than reading and playing? So I I don't know. Is this worth talking about? I don't know. I I, I as I'm sure as I'm sure both of you do. I have ideas and I write them down. And nice. Occasionally, I get excited about them and go, "Oh, this is the one! This is the one I'm going to actually spend more if than." If it's really good, Tony, then you don't want to record it, and and we'll, well, we'll just make so it. I, so that well, so, so I'm not going to make it <laughs> for a very good reason. Okay, so, cool, fine, go carry on. So, so I had an idea, and I won't say what it is, but from the story, you will be able to work out what it is at a later date. But I. I had this idea and I said, oh, that's amazing. That's really good. That's really good. And I, I spent a good weekend like writing down a bunch of stuff. And I was like, I'm not going to just jump in and like spend time doing something if I haven't thought about it for a little bit. Or, and then I'll maybe make a prototype or something. And then, and I promise you it happened in this order, but I have recently been going back and listening to uh, Tone Control, which is a podcast by Steve Gaynor where he goes and interviews other game developers. And it's very interesting and very good. Nice. And yeah. one of the people he interviews is Tom Kavanagh, who made Gunpoint, a game yeah. I think both of you are familiar with. Yes. Uh, and then I went, oh, that's interesting. Tom Kavanagh, I'd forgotten about Gunpoint. I'll go and look at what he's doing now. And it turns out the game he is making right now is the game that I thought of independently. Go sort him out. Go send the boys around. <laughs> so, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> obviously, obviously, lots of people can have the same ideas, and it was silly. In fact, yeah. what I ended up doing, I ended up emailing him and being like, "Hey, this is because he's he's British, but he's based on the west coast. Uh, he's in Seattle now, I think." Uh, I ended up emailing him and saying, "Hey, I'm just a random nobody, but..." this is quite funny and here's my thoughts about what you're making completely you you are not interested you Tom Kavanagh are not interested in what I have to say about the game that you're making and he was like Tony I I love you Tony the big personality that you are in the world yeah 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 um anyway and he was very nice and we we had a, a short email conversation but uh, so no, I have not been making anything. I've just been dashed against the rocks of uh, the fact that people out there are already making lots of cool ideas, and uh, probably subconsciously at some point it seeped into my brain, and that's why that's why I got there. I was I was listening to um, the Mike Bithell podcast, and he had a very similar situation with a game that Nintendo recently announced. And he was like, "Oh, maybe I should make this game," and then Nintendo announced the game this game for the switch um which is coming out soon and he was like oh yeah that game that i wanted to make that that's someone else made and now is in the world <laughs> so okay fine okay yeah it's good yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite funny actually i was thinking about this uh i ran into this because i was uh it's not game related it's animation related but i had some ideas that i wanted to do and um I find myself now every time i i come up with an idea or something like that you sort of instinctively go oh but such and such has done that, and oh, this was quite like that. And um, I think it's it's a shame. I think they should probably turn the internet off. Um, <laughs> because uh, just between what, off. nine and six, six or like? <laughs> no, I mean, just get rid of it. Um, just, just get rid of it. Yeah. You know, before you would have just you had your idea and made it, and maybe it would have been really good and someone else would have had their idea and maybe they would have been quite similar and then there would just be two games that are similar and, you know, they'd both be good. But now it's actually getting to the point where sometimes I won't do a thing because they'll go, oh, well, they've already done that. And it's, you know. Yeah. yeah, I guess that's interesting because the idea that I had, I mean, so it wasn't the same as what he's making, I should say. He's making right now a 
sort of, I, I'd be tempted to call it roguelike-ish, I suspect he has as well, uh, about you are a little person in a spaceship and you can fly around and basically jump into other people's spaceships via their airlocks and um, steal stuff from them or take over the spaceship and there's lots of other stuff in his game. Now, the idea I had was actually slightly different from that, but I guess the, I guess what was interesting, what came out of my, my thinking about it and, and the brief conversation I had, the things that I found interesting about my idea probably could be in a different setting anyway, so mm. it's not even... You know, if you describe the two games to people, they would probably think like, oh, they're very similar and they have a lot in common. And certainly it would be in terms like, not that I'm at all concerned about this uh, at such an early stage of just thinking about something. But like, imagine if you were marketing it, like they probably would come across as very similar. Um, but it was just interesting because having held it up in that in that light kind of made me go like, oh, well, the actual what's the actual thing that I'm interested about in this idea? Hmm perhaps that probably doesn't need to happen in that exact setting, which makes it look very similar to this other game, which has, which shares like 50% of the mechanics, let's say, yeah. or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, but no, I, I, I know where you're coming from. Like, so I definitely think that sometimes yeah. you get that kind I of think, like, oh, everything's been done before. And I think there's yeah. a, the there's internet a, is really, really good for comparing <laughs> things. I think there's like, um, um, what you were saying earlier, Shakes is like, I think it's true about like finding things and being put off by them. But also, what if you had like, oh, the Candy Crush, the best game. And you're like, oh, why does it make the Candy Crush best game and then make loads of money? And that'd be fine. Even though it's like very similar to the Candy Crushy story. You know what I mean? It's like, well, actually, you could have the same kind of like principle and make a much better game or much different uh, game. I love my English right now. Take the concept and, and do something very different with it. Um pretty much what you're saying tony i guess taking you know what you want to do out of it and 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 take it in a different direction and then dollars yeah. <laughs> sure i didn't so get wait. any of that sorry you just dropped down to like two frames a second um so i'm gonna let tony did you get that i i i it was also very bad for me but i, I think that i gathered enough to say that i think what ben is saying is that the internet is a tool and it can be used for evil or great good that's pretty probably. much it well, yeah. yeah thank you yeah <laughs> and i think ben was suggesting that he does the great evil part of it but i'm not sure i think there's some time, sometimes i'm just like feeling a bit evil that's all that's what i'm saying sure you know, maybe of a monday okay. morning well speaking of great evil that's the end of the podcast oh indeed um no, no. anyway yes right. um okay well that's that's us um shakes um where can they find you um if people want I'm to i'm still talk to you? at super shakes super shakes s-u-p-a shakes tone dog you can find me on the west coast of america come and say hello nice. i have no friends here also at tiger chops on twitter awesome um and we are in bristol and london shakes is in london i'm bristol at the moment and i am at ben byford on twitter so thank you for bearing oh. with us uh on this podcast about games and evil and we will speak to you again next time okay. bye bye, bye. bye.